With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Remember your defense. Points to come. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember balance. Make good fight. Warning for running out of the ring. Once more, possible point. And guard. Ready? Come on. Guard. Eight. Ohio State cooking, working it inside as Jay Sean Tate gets it off the glass. Ohio State still cooking. Ooh! Makes the defender fall and CJ Jackson with the pull up jumper. Bates D up, not done. Coming off the curl screen, knocks down the jumper. He had a career high 32 points. And the number one team gets knocked off as Ohio State takes down Michigan State. Oklahoma and Kansas State is the matchup. Manic hits the deck. Jara hits the three. And Kansas State, another opportunity to build on this 10-point lead. Jara to Sneed for the flush. And Oklahoma will fail to reach 70. Kansas State upsets the fourth-ranked Sooners. SEC Hoops, Georgia matching up with number 17, Auburn. Second half, Mustafa Heron. And check out Heron. Gets the ball. And look out below the emphatic one-handed dunk. The bench loving it. Later in the half, Bryce Brown. The steal, the drive, the layup. Hit a game I 28 as Auburn rolls to the victory. Matchup Saturday night in Knoxville, Tennessee. Schofield, 20 on the day for the Volunteers. UT fans fired up. Grant Williams, 16 of his 18 in the second half. And indeed, the Volunteers, for a third straight year, beat Kentucky on their home floor. Second-ranked Virginia facing 18th-ranked Clemson. Nice top 20 ACC showdown. Kyle Guy, baseline floater is good. Ty Jerome to Guy, this time a three-ball all nylon. Other end, the steal. Cavaliers so often known for their D, an uncontested dunk, and UVA blows out Clemson at home.
Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Karate Kid, where Daniel LaRussa, the teenager from New Jersey, where Gus and I are from, moves out with his mother to Reseda, California, and tries to start his life over, gets bullied by a bunch of guys in high school, and works with Mr. Miyagi, the maintenance man of the apartment complex he lives in, to learn karate. And despite being a huge underdog, not knowing karate, after being terrorized by these boys, they agree to leave him alone and face him in the Tri-Valley Karate Championship, where he goes in as a massive underdog. No one gives him a shot. He doesn't give himself a shot. But he ends up going on a run through the training of Mr. Miyagi, the magic, and goes and defeats all of the boys from the Cobra Kai, one of the greatest villain names of all time, the Cobra Kai Dojo. Daniel LaRusso rises to the top to defeat Johnny, his archenemy, and become the champion of the Tri-Valley Karate Championship. And this got me thinking about the college basketball season so far. Think of those teams in the Power Five Conference who in the preseason were the Daniel LaRussas. The teams that no one gave a shot. The preseason polls way in the bottom of those power conferences. Five teams came to mind. The Ohio State Buckeyes out of the Big Ten. The Kansas State Wildcats out of the Big 12. The Auburn Tigers and Tennessee Volunteers out of the SEC. And the Virginia Cavaliers out of the ACC. Those five teams were not given a shot in the preseason polls by the writers in their conference, by the fans even across the conference. The only ones who may have believed in them are themselves and their fans. But my, how they have produced quite a season and how they are following Miyagi-Do college basketball. They are overachieving, rising quickly in their conference and now look like serious contenders to make the NCAA tournament and to potentially make some noise. So just how did these five teams get here? Let's take a look. The Ohio State Buckeyes were predicted in their preseason poll to finish 11th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten. Thad Mata resigned, and in came Chris Holtman after a search, and Holtman didn't become the coach until early June. That is late. Recruiting, recruits left, some came in, but that is a difficult situation for anybody, let alone in the Big Ten, when you're at a school like Ohio State that just had success with Thad Mata who left as the program's all-time winningest coach, took the Buckeyes to a pair of Final Fours, and averaged 25.9 wins per year over his 13 seasons. Chris Holtman's following him, and this was a building year, one where there was no pressure. The analysis, the predictions was, he's going to need to infuse energy, it'll be a slow build, hopefully we'll be able to recruit in the Midwest, and maybe turn around eventually. And maybe he'll lean on potential all-conference players like Jay Sean Tate, and Keita Bates-Diop. Well, what have the Buckeyes done? They're 18-4. and four. They're tied for first in the Big Ten with Purdue. 9-0 and in conference. And they've made themselves a legit threat for a top two seed in the NCAA tournament. Let's look at their schedule and then their players. Their schedule. Started the season with four easy wins before losing a tough game against Gonzaga. Out in the PK-80, 86-59. Then bounced back with a nice win against Stanford. Lost against Butler in the same tournament. That great tournament, beginning of the year. Phil Knight Invitational, turned 80, turned 80 years old. 67-66 on a Keelan Martin layup to his old school that he was coaching at, Butler. At that point, Ohio State's 5-2. and two. You think, okay, decent start, nothing great. After that, they lose at home to Clemson 
in the Big Ten ACC Challenge at home. Wasn't really close, 79-65. So at that point, you think Ohio State 5-3, and three, pretty much doing what everybody thought they would do. You know, some wins, but not really ready to face the top talent. From that point on, they're 13-1. and one. Beat Wisconsin, huge comeback against Michigan at home, who had them, and then shut them down second half. Couple wins against lower-ranked opponents. Then a tough game against North Carolina. A loss, 86-72, in the CBS Sports Classic in New Orleans. But since then, eight in a row. Miami of Ohio, at Iowa. Number one, Michigan State. They take them down at home in a game that really wasn't close. Blew them out, 80-64. Home Maryland, at Rutgers, at Northwestern. Home Minnesota, home Nebraska. They've taken care of business. How about the players? We always knew that Keita Bates-Diop had potential. Season ended last year with a stress fracture in his left leg. Only played nine games. But off off of last year's averages of 9.7 points and 5.2 rebounds, no one could have expected what he's produced so far, which is pretty much the favorite for the Big Ten Player of the Year. Keita Bates-Diop, 19.7 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 80% from the free throw line, over 50% from the field. Oh, and by the way, he's shooting 37% from three-point range. Not bad for a 6'7 junior. He's long, 1.8 blocks, and he gets steals, 1.1 steals. He's been great. Jay Sean Tate, senior forward, has been a tremendous leader. 12.6 points per game, 5.8 rebounds as well. This team all rebounds. Junior CJ Jackson has stepped up his game as well. Last year, he averaged 5.6 points, 2.5 rebounds. This year, 13.1 points, 4.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists. 6'9", 270-pound forward freshman Caleb Wesson. His brother, Andre Wesson's on the team as well as a sophomore. 11.3 points, 5.3 rebounds. Big man inside, freshman, developing quickly. No pressure on him. Just feed off the other players. And senior guard, Cam Williams. Steady as they come. Six foot two, 7.9 points, 1.8 rebounds. Ohio State with Chris Holtman, when nothing was expected, just like Daniel LaRusa, nothing was expected, has taken this as an opportunity. And people say the Big Ten is down and this and that. That's fine. But would you be surprised if Ohio State, Purdue, and Michigan State all made the Elite Eight this year? Three teams from the conference in the Elite Eight? Maybe you don't like top to bottom. Maybe they don't measure up to some of the other conferences like the Big 12, top to bottom, SEC even. But there's power at the top here. And there's threats to the Final Four here. And Ohio State is one of those teams. And they are one of the followers of Miyagi-Do basketball. Miyagi-Do college basketball so far this year. Great job by Ohio State. Next up, we'll head to the Big 12. Kansas State Wildcats, Bruce Weber, his sixth season at Kansas State. They had 21 victories last year, made the NCAA tournament. Both were certainly steps forward because they had won 20 games since 2014. They lost their two best players to graduation. Lost Wesley Awundo, DJ Johnson, both averaging double digits. DJ Johnson was their only real post presence last year. And Isaiah Maurice was dismissed. So they had to turn to newcomers. They were predicted eighth in the Big 12. Eight out of ten. What have they done this year? Fascinating team. Started off the year 4-0, then lost to Arizona State. 92-90. No shame there. Arizona State's super hot beginning of the year. Then they built a record up to 8-1 before losing to Tulsa in the Wildcat Classic, 61-54. Won a couple easy games. Then they hit conference play. One at Iowa State, 91-75. Big win on the road. Always tough to play there. Lost at home to West Virginia. Played tough, but lost. Lost at Texas Tech when Texas Tech was on fire, which they no longer are. Beat Oklahoma State at home. Lost by one at Kansas. Boy, do they play well in Kansas. Lost by one, 73-72. One of the many games that Bill Self as David Blaine, has escaped. Then 
They beat Oklahoma at home by 18 points. Then they beat TCU at home, 73-68. And last night, two nights ago, they beat Baylor on the road, 90-53. They're 15-5-5-3 in the Big 12, tied for second place. What a season. What a turnaround. Hard to see this one coming because it wasn't a great non-conference schedule. But maybe because Bruce Weber knew he had a young team. Didn't want to overload them. Only tough games. Arizona State beat GW. Not a huge win. So not a great non-conference schedule. But they've had some good wins so far. As for the players, it starts with the guards. Junior guard Barry Brown. 17.8 points per game. 2.8 rebounds. 3.5 assists. Average 11.7 as a sophomore. Really stepped up his game now. Shooting 48% from the field. 82% from the free throw line. His backcourt mate, Cam Stokes. Broke his foot in the Texas Tech loss. He was averaging 13.4 per game, 4.6 assists. He should be back soon. Their run that they've been on have been without their starting point guard, Cam Stokes. Think about that. Sophomore Xavier Sneed, their best three-point shooter at forward, 11.1 points per game, shooting 36% from three, one of their best three-point shooters. Dean Wade, junior forward Dean Wade, 16 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, shooting 45% from three-point range, 23 of 51. And Cartier Diara, the freshman guard, has stepped into the starting lineup in the absence of Cam Stokes and played fantastic. 17 points against Oklahoma State, 18 points against Kansas, 16 points against Oklahoma. Nice 10.6 assist game against Baylor in the big win. Kansas State is coming, folks. They can shoot threes. They're athletic. They have depth once they get Stokes back. This is a dangerous team. And you look at their schedule coming up, this is going to tell a lot. But they have some nice games here. It's always tough to play in Kansas State, the octagon of doom, right? They have Georgia in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. That's at home. Going to be a tough road game for Georgia. They have Kansas coming to Kansas State. They have to go to West Virginia and go to Texas. Then they get Texas Tech back in their place. They go to Oklahoma State. Then they host Iowa State. They host Texas before going at Oklahoma, at TCU, and Baylor. This is a team that should get the double digits, should get the 10 wins in the Big 12. That is not what we thought they would have when they were predicted eighth in the preseason poll and were thinking at another NIT bid. But they made the tournament last year and won their playing game against Wake Forest to go up against Cincinnati. At the beginning of the year, not much was expected at Kansas State. People thought Kansas. People thought TCU. Baylor even ahead of them. But Kansas State and Bruce Weber have surprised. They are athletic, they are long, they are exciting to watch, and they have a massive home court advantage. The perfect team to watch out for as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. You want to talk surprises, let's head over to the SEC and start with the Auburn Tigers. Now listen, people thought that Bruce Pearl at the end of last year could have a good season in 2017-2018. But that's when they thought they'd have Danielle Purifoy and Austin Wiley. Two kids who as freshmen last year played fantastic. 11.5 points per game for Purifoy, 8.8 for Wiley. He thought he had them this year. But because of the FBI investigation, they haven't been allowed to play and there's no end in sight. Players who are in the same situation, either being out for the year, like DeAnthony Melton at USC, or heading off to foreign countries, like Billy Preston down in Kansas. So they're not going to have them this year. That's for sure. But despite that, what the Auburn Tigers have done is nothing short of amazing. Preseason poll, SEC, Tigers are ranked ninth behind Georgia, behind Vanderbilt, behind Vanderbilt, behind Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama. Texas A&M, and of course, Florida and Kentucky. Look at what these Tigers have done. Two easy wins early, then a loss to Temple down the Charleston Classic. Fascinating again that Temple, for most of the season, gave Clemson and Auburn their only loss. Fascinating. Then they go on a massive, long winning streak. They go on a 14-game winning streak. Hofstra, Winthrop, Dayton, Middle Tennessee in there, UConn, and then they get to the conference. At Tennessee, win. Huge win. That That sort of raised eyebrows. Then Arkansas, number 22 at the time, home. Then Ole Miss. Then at Mississippi State. 
Then they lose to Alabama without Colin Sexton, just a head scratcher, and then pound Georgia. Now, what's interesting about Auburn is they get out to these bad starts, which has been their trend lately, and then their second halves are tremendous. It's like a blitzkrieg. Game against Georgia, down 40-26 in the first half, outscore them 53-25 second half. Game against Mississippi State, down 35-24 at the half, blitz them 52-33 on the road, second half. Old Miss at home, down 10, 45-35, another 50 spot in the second half, 50-25. How are they doing it? Similar to Kansas State, exciting basketball. Junior guard Bryce Brown, leading scorer, 16.4 points per game. Shooting 40% from three-point range, 81% from the free throw line. You heard him in the intro. Sophomore guard Mustafa Heron, just as dangerous, 15 points, 5.1 rebounds, 80% from the free throw line. Super athlete. Steady guard Jared Harper, sophomore, 5'10", 12.5 points per game. Another 80% from the free throw guy, 40% from three-point range as well. Junior forward Deshaun Murray, also dangerous, 10.8 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 83% from the free throw line. This team makes their free throws as a team shooting 78%. They have depth. They have players. Nine guys have played in almost every game. Nine guys averaging at least 13 minutes a game. They're fast. They get up and down. Bruce Pearl's doing a great job, and they are dangerous. Right now, the Auburn Tigers sit at 5-1, and one, just a half game behind Florida in the SEC. They are ahead of Kentucky. They are two games ahead of Kentucky. Kentucky with three losses in conference. They only have one. They're ahead of Tennessee. They're ahead of Alabama. Texas A&M is two and six. So Auburn has been deadly in the SEC and has done an outstanding job with Bruce Pearl. Fantastic. They are very dangerous. Looking at the schedule rest of the way, they're going to be tested. They go to Missouri, LSU, at Ole Miss, home Vanderbilt, home Texas A&M. They got Kentucky coming up. They got to go to Florida. They got Alabama again. It's going to be tricky. But at this point, you're if you're an Auburn fan, and I told you that you would be 17-2 and and 5-1 in conference, you take it. And that's if you had Austin Wiley and Danielle Purifoy. You would absolutely take it. Without those guys, there's nothing short of a miracle. And the Auburn Tigers are a force to be reckoned with in the SEC. Staying in the SEC, there may be no team that better exemplifies Miyagi-Do college basketball than the Tennessee Volunteers. This is a Tennessee Volunteer team that did not get any postseason tournament play last year. People did not think they were going to be good. They were predicted 13th in the SEC. 13th! And right now, the Volunteers sit 14-5, and five, tied for third in the SEC, with the same record as Kentucky, 5-3, and three, who they already beat, by the way. They really came out of nowhere to start the year, but they made their mark down in the battle for Atlantis. After a couple easy wins, they went down there and defeated Purdue 78-75 in overtime. And at the time, we all thought this was a bad loss for Purdue. Au contraire. Purdue, who's only lost twice to Tennessee and then Western Kentucky, and right now they're playing along with Villanova as well as anyone in the country, were defeated by the Volunteers down in Atlantis. That's going to be a fantastic win that just continues to age well for Tennessee as we get closer to March Madness. Then they lost a tough game to Villanova in the championship. Great battle, 85-76. So they played the back-to-back top two two teams in the country this year, beat one in overtime, and almost beat the second. After that, beat NC State, won at Georgia Tech. Close loss to North Carolina, 78-73. Real close game at home, but they didn't hang their heads. Beat Furman, beat Wake Forest, then lost on the road at Arkansas in overtime, a game that they had that they gave up a furious comeback by the Razorbacks. Tough loss there. And then they lost to the aforementioned Auburn Tigers. But since then, defeated Kentucky at home, defeated Vanderbilt. On the road at Vanderbilt. Then Texas A&M at home. 75-62. Bloom out. Lost a close one at Missouri. But then came back and won at South Carolina. And beat Vanderbilt again. 
The Volunteers are a fantastic story. The book on them this year is they had little margin for error, right? They have to shoot the three-pointer well. They got a forced tempo, but they're in the SEC with the Kentuckys and the Floridas of the world, and people thought Texas A&M was going to be better. And last year, they were simply 16-16, 8-10. But Rick Barnes knows how to coach. Rick Barnes knows how to get a team better, and that's what he's done with Tennessee. And they are very relevant and very live in conference. Who are they led by? A pair of forwards, a pair of strong forwards. Sophomore Grant Williams, junior forward Admiral Schofield, the best name in college basketball, Admiral Schofield. Grant Williams, 16.5 points per game, 6.2 rebounds. Schofield, 12.8 points per game, 5.8 rebounds. Great thing about Schofield, also shooting 43% from three-point range, 35 of 81. This volunteer team is very young. Jordan Bowden, a sophomore, 10.3 points per game, 3.5 rebounds. Another sophomore guard, Lamont Turner, 9.8 points per game. You look at this Tennessee team. They have seven players averaging 20 minutes or more per game. There's depth. And we've talked about depth. Talked about this with Gus on past podcasts. Not a lot of teams have it this year. Tennessee does. They got three players in doubles, basically four if you include Turner. They do shoot the three. Bowden's shooting 54% from three-point range. 54% for Jordan Bowden. 35 is 65. That's Desmond Bain territory from TCU. And this volunteer team is battling. They rebound. They get up and down the floor. And they're athletic. Just a pretty perfect staple of success in the SEC conference. Now, their schedule as well is difficult, just like Auburn. But they've been battle-tested so far. They're going to play Iowa State in the Big 12 SEC Challenge on the road at Iowa State. Hilton Magic, that is certainly going to be tough this Saturday. Then LSU at home, Ole Miss at home. Then back-to-back road games at Kentucky, at Alabama. I think we learn a lot about this Tennessee team there. A split and they're home free. South Carolina at home, at Georgia, never easy. Then they host Florida. Only time they'll play Florida this entire year. Unbalanced schedule, of course. At Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, and home to Georgia. So the key to the Tennessee Volunteer season, and they're going to make the NCAA tournament, but just how good they can be, how high they can be, whether they're going to be a top two, three seed in the SEC tournament, is going to be that at Kentucky, at Alabama, back-to-back there, right before Valentine's Day. I'll give them wins at home against South Carolina. I'll give them wins at home against Georgia. I think they'll get at least one, if not both, of at Ole Miss and at Mississippi State. But this is a team. Exemplifies Daniel LaRusso going to Reseda. No one gives them a chance. They show up with the big boys. Oh, here's Tennessee. Battle for Atlantis. No chance. Oh, Purdue. Villanova back-to-back. No problem. Played hard in that Villanova game. And Purdue. How great is that one going to be? Purdue could be the number one seed in the entire tournament this year. And Tennessee beat them. Great job by Rick Barnes. Great job by Tennessee. Grant Williams, when you have a guy named Admiral Schofield, you're going to win games. Tennessee Volunteers, our fourth team of Miyagi-Do Karate. And I save the best for last, the Virginia Cavaliers out of the ACC. What a run that Virginia's had recently. Four straight NCAA tournaments, first time they've done that in 33 years, averaging 13 ACC wins over the last five seasons, and been ranked in the top 25 for coming into this year, 64 straight weeks over a four-year span. Word on the street that, that the Cavaliers would be down. They had a middle of the pack, the ACC reporters did. Had them sixth. Behind Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, with Bonzi Colson, Matt Farrell at the time we thought. Miami even got a first place vote. Louisville, of course. And there was Virginia. A little bit ahead of Virginia Tech. Middle of the road. Joe Average, if you will. But what Tony Bennett's squad has done this year, with a lunch pail gang of guys, that if you took the average college basketball fan, they couldn't name even one of these players. The group started off 8-0. 
Coach Bennett's squad did, beating a rather, at the time, nondescript group of teams. They did win at VCU. They beat Rhode Island, but no E.C. Matthews in that game, right? They beat Wisconsin, who was down 49-37 snooze fest. Then they played West Virginia, their first real test on December 5th, and they lost at West Virginia 68-61, but they played well in that game, if you remember. Game was a lot closer than I know I thought. And then we started saying, hmm, got to check out this Virginia team. Then they crushed Davidson. Then they played Boston College at home. Who had upset Duke? We still weren't sure if Boston College was really that good or not. They only won by one. Remember the end of that game? Where BC turns the ball over, but the clock never ran in Virginia. So BC gets the ball back again with a second chance, even though it was clearly stolen on the inbounds and the two seconds had run out. They escaped there 59-58. But then they go on the road to Virginia Tech, rivalry game, blow them out by 26, 78-52. And here's the run that has catapulted Virginia to the number two ranking in the entire country. They then beat North Carolina 61-49 at home, locked them down, held the North Carolina Tar Heels to 49 points. That doesn't happen often. They beat Syracuse at home 68-61. They beat NC State, huge 17-point win. Then they go on the road to Georgia Tech, hold them to 48, win by 16 points on the road. Then on the road at Wake Forest, hold them to 49 points. Then they play a Clemson team. Now listen, Clemson's had a fantastic season. No Dante Grantham. That's going to hurt, but hurts to the tune of 36 points. 36 points they allowed last night in a 61-36 win to get them to 19-1, 8-0 in the ACC. The Clemson Tigers scored exactly 13 points in the second half. The defense that this team is playing is unbelievable. And you talk about playing with a purpose. You talk about making people play your style. That's what Virginia does. And they're doing it with young players surrounded by senior leadership. Kyle Guy, sophomore, leading scorer, 15.2 points per game, per game shooting 43% from three-point range on 129 attempts. All those numbers I've read you so far about three-point shooters, 80 attempts, 60 attempts, 129 attempts for Kyle Guy, 43%. And of course, he shoots 8-9% from the free-throw line. Sophomore guard Ty Jerome, 9.3 points per game, controls everything. Another 43% from three-point range person, 78 attempts for him. Ty Jerome this year, he's taken 15 free throws. He's made them all, shooting 100% from the line. Freshman guard DeAndre Hunter, really coming on lately. Eight points per game, three rebounds. But over his last five games, had 15 points against Syracuse, 17 points against Georgia Tech, 16 points against Wake Forest. A lot of trust Coach Bennett has in DeAndre Hunter. 6'7 out of Philadelphia, freshman, athletic. And then there's a pair of senior veterans, Devin Hall, Isaiah Wilkins. They've been there before. They're showing them the Virginia way, and they're getting the young kids to buy in. 12.7 points per game for Devin Hall. 47% from three-point range. Devin Hall is just a role player in my mind. He's really stepped up this year. 93% from the line. Isaiah Wilkins, 6.6 points, seven rebounds per game. The big man for them. He shoots 76% from the line. This team is incredible. I kept waiting for this team to fall, and they haven't. And they're going to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. They could win the ACC again. If you look back at their history, this is what they've done. 2014, they were one seed, lost to Michigan State in the Sweet 16. 2015, they were two seed, again, lost to Michigan State, this time in the round of 32. 2016, they were number one seed again in the Midwest, made it all the way to the Elite Eight. We thought this was the year. All they had to beat was number 10, Syracuse. And they were up big in that game. I think they were 15, something like that. Syracuse comes roaring all the way back with Malachi Richardson banging shots. 68-62, they lose. That's the heartbreaker. And that's why we all got off the bus, right? Well, Virginia's not going to make it then. When are they going to make it? Just when you count Tony Bennett out, 
here come the Cavs. Last year, they went in as a five seed. They beat UNC Wilmington, an upset that a lot of people predicted, myself included. Then they played Florida and got blitzed 65-39. So the book on them is that they just don't have enough offense to get over the hump in the NCAA tournament and make the big run. But wouldn't it be poetic justice if Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, Devin Hall, Isaiah Wilkins, guys that none of you would be able to pick out if you walk past them on the street, if that group makes a deep run and makes a final four for Tony Bennett. It would be incredible. We'll find out about them, folks, this Saturday. Biggest game of the year in the ACC. Virginia going to Duke on Saturday in Cameron. The only time they'll play this year. That's when we'll learn a lot about Virginia. I can't wait because this is a special team. And as much as I doubt them and so many people out there doubt them, my partner Gus doesn't doubt them, the Cavaliers are the perfect example of Miyagi-Do Karate. No one gave them a chance, middle of the pack, ACC, nondescript, and here they are, beating the Johnnies of the world, beating the Cobra Kai, and they're going against the leader of the Cobra Kai, Mike Krzyzewski, on Saturday. So there are your five teams, your five teams from the power conferences that have really stepped up this year and overcome expectations in their preseason polls. What we thought of them when they came in is not what we think of them right now. And what all those kids out in high school in Reseda thought of Daniel LaRusso when he came from Newark, New Jersey, he proved them wrong. And if you pay attention, at least one, if not all of these teams, are going to continue to prove us wrong and go even deeper in this year's NCAA tournament. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.